Hello and welcome to another episode of Prodigy Search Presents. I'm Mark Rush Jr., partner at Prodigy Search. Today, I'd like to welcome Chris Dennert, CEO and partner at Dugout Mugs. Chris, real pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. So your background is much cleaner and nicer than mine. Um, I was I was telling you prior to our call that I do have a mug. It's at my house. You know, with the pandemic, I left a lot of things at the home office versus my office office. So I do have a Philadelphia Phillies dugout mug. I am a consumer uh, as much as I'm a, a fan. And, and uh, it's great to chat with you today about about your organization, about your story, too. So yeah, yeah go Phillies, man. They just uh, uh, Matt Joyce is a buddy of ours and he just took a bunch of them into the the um clubhouse for spring training so i saw uh dd posted something the other day i know bryce got some and one for his new son or daughter i don't remember but he had a new kids so uh they all the phillies are flush with dugout mugs right now in the in the locker room so hopefully somebody took a drink out of one and started hitting dingers and now they're, they're <laughs> you can take full credit for it right yeah. exactly yeah. Well, listen, I, I know we'll jump into it. It might come up during the course of the conversation as well. And, and the integration with with sports teams and leagues, you just mentioned the Phillies, you know, we'll talk about maybe at some point in the conversation, ALSD coming up this summer. So your connection to suite holders and club seat people uh, on the sports team side of things. But so roughly five years ago, right, four or five years ago, four and a half, five years ago, you joined Dugout Mugs as CEO and partner. So two things. And, and I know it's out there. The website's prominent. Uh, and clearly you guys do a great job on social and otherwise, but tell people about the dugout mug story, if you wouldn't mind. And, and you're obviously the founder, uh, which, which I'm familiar with from his playing days. Uh, but then your role CEO, more importantly. Yeah. So uh, dugout mugs, um, Randall Thompson is the one who actually dreamt up this idea. Right. And uh, through some uh, trial and error, trying to get a company off the ground, not really knowing exactly where to go, what to do. Um, he's a gritty dude. And, and, you know, one thing, you know, a couple bumped his nose on a couple things, a, a bad partner at one point. And, um, <clears throat> and then he, he started getting a little bit of traction. It was all belly to belly. I mean, he was, this dude was out at, at tailgates wearing a sign and, and look at me, look at me buy this drink from a bat. Like, I mean, it says a lot about somebody and, and their willingness to drive a dream. And, um, I, was really busy being really busy most of my 20s in business and it nearly killed me and um uh that was right about six years ago my my youngest daughter or my oldest daughter was just about six months old and i went through a a, a ruptured appendix but i had to get to this business meeting and this i didn't go into the hospital for a week i just fought through it which is insane yeah um but while i'm laying there in and out of consciousness in and out of you know there's maybe you make it, maybe you don't. There was a lot of stuff going on. And I was like, man, just God, give me a path. Give me a person. Give me a thing. Like, let, let me do what I do best more. Just get me out of this. Right. Um, you have these epiphanies sometimes. And uh, a few months later, out of the blue, this kid calls me and he said, Hey man, I have this idea and I want to pick your brain. I said, well, I've been down that damn road. Um, you know, my brain's not for picking. I said, but I'm at a bar. I'm on a break from a meeting that I'm in. And I was like, but, you know, I could talk to you for a couple of minutes, but I'm in St. Petersburg. He said, well, dude, I'm driving through St. Pete right now. So it was really, really fortuitous that we are, neither one of us were supposed to be in the same place at the same time, yet we were. And I said, well, I'm sitting at the bar, come on by, I'll see you in 15 minutes. And he just popped in there and brought this, I actually grabbed it off the shelf. So this is the first one he gave me. You know, barely you just so happen to be sitting in a bar when you had that first meeting. So that's great. <laughs> you know, um, but we've, we've come a long way from this one. Uh, but he brought me that mug and I was like, that's a little weird, but 
um, he asked me, he said, Hey, take it around with you. See, you know, get people's response on it. See what you think. And, and with my background being e-commerce and, and sales and all that kind of stuff, it was, it was pretty clear that what he had created people really, really wanted. So, um, we took a couple months going back and forth about, um, what it would look like if we worked together. And, uh, I, I knew that, Randall would have taken this a long way on his own, but he was missing so many of the pieces to scale and hit it hard and just go. And I knew that I had that from my past half dozen ventures. So I, we, we came to terms on what that looked like. We had need to partner up. Um, my original offer was a, I will 10 extra company in six months or less. And because I knew what to do with it. And again, if you're thinking from like an entrepreneur standpoint, you've been grinding for years, trying to get something just off the ground. Right. And then some crazy guy steps in and does that. And, you know, I had a plan to do it and we did it in less than six months. We 10 X in like three and a half or four months. And at that point we had to just reconfigure everything. And at, again, that's all about trust, right? So when you talk about partnerships and business, trust is super, super important. I trust Randall wholeheartedly, and I know he feels the same way about me. And that from a very early stage, somebody who steps in makes just a ridiculous uh, uh, projection and then hits it in less time than what it took. That's a lot of trust that got built. So then we need to work on the name. We need to work on the structure. We need to build it to where we're going, not where we are. We need to hire an employee before we make the money versus the other way around, right? So just a lot of uh, fundamental business things. And, he, you know, thank God he trusts me, fought me a little bit on some shit, but uh, we got through it. You know, we got through it and we hit a 1200% growth first year and we've grown by triple digits. We're on track for our fifth year in a row. So the, the question that everybody asks, how did you guys make out last year? How did you make out during the pandemic? Still, do, still going strong, successful. I mean, you kind of partially uh, alluded to it just a moment ago. Yeah. 2020, we grew by two and a half X wow. over 2019. Wow. And in 2021, we're on track to 3x year over year last year. That's tremendous. So uh, blessed, man. We're blessed. But again, we do things the right way. Yeah. I, I don't think that I, I think money is a side effect. And it, so if you do the right thing over and over and over and you trust in the system, money just is the side effect. Success is the side effect. And, and I think that's what's really kept us anchored as a company is um who we are, why we do what we do, you know, our mission and, and not get all sucked up into the, the, the finances and the wins and the success of it all. You know, we will, there's time for that. It's just not right now. Hey, it's good. To, and I look at a lot of organizations that did well during the pandemic and, and I, you know, I've had some clients and some friends of ours that work in esports or work in other areas. And they, they, they were almost apologetic about, you know, doing okay during that and thriving. I said, that's, that's BS. Like if there's a product or service or you were doing something for our industry, great. I'm glad you had success. So yeah. kudos to you for even 2021, you know, the projections looking really strong. So yeah. And I think the success in that comes from the fact of being fluid. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't matter what industry. Well, I guess it does to an extent. But, uh, you know, a lot of these a lot of these people, they 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 operate with an archaic business mentality and they're this is what we do and how we do it. And it's like, but it, you're not even in the same damn world that you were in a decade or, God forbid, two or three decades ago. So these archaic business practices that are trying to be, you know, force fed, psh, that's not going to work. 
So what, what allowed us to be successful in esports, for example, esports didn't exist 10 years ago. Maybe it did in a basement or two, but like not now. So if, if you don't adapt and you're not fluid enough to go to where you skate where the puck's going, Gretzky, right, then you're going to you're going to lose. Yeah. It's obvious one one big thing. And we'll blame the government for this one. But, you know, one thing goes wrong. Whoever's fault it is, your your company went under. Well, maybe you should have planned to be a little bit more fluid. Yeah. And that's not and that's not a, a blanket statement. I'm not saying that for everybody, but a large majority you know, we sold baseball bat mugs, which are 60 bucks a piece in a season where there was no baseball and millions of people were losing their job. Okay. Yeah. So we had to get a little creative and, 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 uh, Randall and I met every day for about a month. We had an hour to two hour meeting. Sometimes we would go walking for miles and just talk three hours in a row and talk about how do we connect with people where they are versus where they were right so it's like everybody's feeling disconnected they're stuck at home let's call our friends so we called mariano and, and pete rose and david mickey evans and pudge rodriguez and and um you know all these people are like hey let's just do hour-long videos and just talk to people answer questions give away autograph stuff mm -hmm. you know we we brought that in and we reinforced our tribe so then once everybody you know uh, realized the sky's not falling they're like, oh, and then they look back and what did they do? They had this newfound relationship and, and uh, you know, um, solidified relationship with dugout mugs. And then it just turned right back on. Let's so, talk about some of those partnerships because I'm intrigued, right? The athlete yeah. or, the, or the team partnerships. I, we'll get into the official licensed partner part of that in a, in a moment. But you just mentioned a few of the players in particular. You mentioned mm -hmm. uh, the Phillies at the beginning of our call. Um, so talk about maybe some of the partnerships you have with some, some players and some, and what do you do? What do you do with some of those partners, the teams, et cetera? Well, it's, so the way I, I've, um, one of the things I believe in business, right. And I, and I presume that's a lot of the listeners out there is that is, um, network is network. And, and, and even more importantly, it's not who, you know, it's who knows you. So what we've done at dugout mugs is we made damn sure that people know us, they know us, they know our brand and we've built uh, we've built a really good brand in the baseball industry. So when we reach out to Mariano Rivera, for example, Mariano is an amazing guy, best closer of all time, first ballot Hall of Famer, unanimous, like he's the dude. And we reached out to him and got him to jump on board with us uh, for no money. We did a rev share with his charity. So uh, he's like, I said, hey man, we're doing. X millions of dollars in sales. We got a ton of Yankees fans. You're awesome. Your one year anniversary inductions coming up. So he caught on his one year anniversary for his induction hall of fame, did a one hour video with me answering questions. We're giving away Mariano Rivera balls and mugs and all this other stuff. And then we're selling Mariano Rivera mugs. And then at the end of every month, we tally that up and we share some of that revenue with his foundation. We donated tens of thousands of dollars to the Mariano Rivera foundation. And so I, I believe that, again, in business, that creating a win-win situation doesn't have to be the same currency, right? So to, you have to understand where the other person's coming from. Like Pete Rose, uh, we did a, a great deal with Pete. Pete's a really awesome guy. I don't know if you had an opportunity to talk to him or watch any of the stuff we did with him, but he's a, he, he, got a, he did some bad things, right? And he's not been just like yeah, – He got a raw deal, though. Excellent. <laughs> but – uh, he's a pretty damn cool guy. Yeah. And 
so but but you understand where Pete's coming from. So uh, when I first spoke with Pete about a year and a half, two years ago, he was oh this much for a autograph and this much for a thing, and I'm in MGM Grand every day. Well, guess what? When when shit hit the fan, nobody's anywhere. So Pete's sitting at the house, feeling disconnected, doesn't have his his regular stream of income coming in. So I found out what the pain points were. It's like, hey, you're awesome. The fans love you. We sell baseball bat beer mugs. Let's put your face on a mug, right? Because he doesn't fall under any one of our four licenses. And I said, it'll create a new stream of income. So he's like, yeah, I'll just start signing them too. So now we're selling autographed Pete Rose mugs. Um, We're selling um, the Hit King collection of Pete Rose mugs. And he's generating revenue. He's staying connected. He and I commentated game three of the World Series together. Um, Like, that's ridiculous. I got to commentate a World Series game with Pete Rose <laughs> because I sell bat mugs. Like it, the, the experiential side of this has been super cool. And then um, the other one, probably our favorite that we've done. I don't know. Mariana is a really amazing guy. Um, but uh, David Mickey Evans, the Sandlot. Yeah. So I don't think I have one of those. So uh, David had. Uh, oh, I do. Check this out. So. David Mickey Evans, we took this photo. That's awesome. And we wrapped the mug and we called it the Legends Never Die edition. And it's the David Mickey Evans edition. That's awesome. So, what we did is David owns this photo. So, now we went and hung out with him all day and we said, Hey, David, he's again, he makes movies. Well, LA shut down. So, he, he's just sitting at his house up on the beach, just riding his little beach cruiser around. And again, I said, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to keep telling the story about the Sandlot. So I said, okay. So we took a film crew up to his place. We sat there. We filmed this whole thing out. We made an incredible video. Um, we got the rights to the, the photo on the mugs. And then David autographs one of those photos and puts it in every mug. And we sent it out to fans, right? This transcends baseball. This is the Sandlot, you know? And uh, so that, so again, it really just depends. We did the same thing with the Field of Dreams and Pudge Rodriguez, um, we're working with Barstool. We're working with Baseballism. Uh, it just, it goes on and on. We talked about, like you mentioned the word license earlier, right? So it was something that I'd been curious about, right? You know, because I'm sure from day one, um, it wasn't the official license partner of Major League Baseball, right? That had to come eventually. How huge was that to, to become their official partner? Uh, you broke it there at the end. What'd you say? How, you how, broke up there, how, what's that? how critical is it that you guys became the official license partner of Major League Baseball with the mugs? That it wasn't just, you know, you had, you got the logos on a lot of your mugs. I, t- I told you I have a Phillies one, right? So without those logos, yeah. it's a different product. I'm buying it, but maybe not at a certain price point without the logo. I love the Phillies logo on mine, you know? Yeah, yeah. So so with with the licensing, we, we proved the concept beforehand. You don't just step into a license because it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. And but what we did is we, we, we had a proven concept. We started with the MLBPA, Players Association. Those guys are incredible. Uh, Tim over there, we've always worked with him. Um, but yeah, so we got started there and then we continued to prove the concept. We crushed it with no license mug, no licensing. And then we went to the PA and they were the first ones to buy in and believe in us. And then we, I think we did 500% of what our projection was there. So you start taking these numbers and MLB at first are like, no, nah, you know, we have enough drinkware, we have enough licensees, we're good, thanks. And I said, well, I said, here's our numbers. So are you sure? And, and they said, oh, okay, well, welcome to Major League Baseball. <laughs> and, uh, and again, it's, it's, it's one of those things where 
you bet on you. And, and Randall and I are both very, very confident, I guess is the best way to say, confident in our abilities. And we're both very, very gritty. And so when we made a deal with MLB, it was an uphill uh, uh, climb, but we both just put our heads down and we nailed it. You know, we nailed our, we nailed our mark um, first year, second year, to the point where they just renewed us for three more years. They asked us to stick around for three more years. So we decided to do that. And it's one of the more popular products and we're in all the MLB stadiums. Um, uh, you mentioned luxury suites. So then you have, you know, they're selling them, uh, the Steinbrenners. I heard Jenny Steinbrenner gets these as gifts for her friends when they go to the games. Uh, so um, yeah, the Coens, they just bought the Mets. That was the gift that they were given as a congratulatory gift for buying the Mets was a set of our mugs. So again, it's, it's so ingrained from the top down in baseball that MLB, they're like, Hey, please stay, stick around. Right? <laughs> and we're not going to say no, because it really did. It spiked our sales tremendously. And uh, from a legitimacy standpoint, um, there's no bigger, you know, it's one of the biggest brands in the sports world. Is, um, I, you know, I mentioned I'm a customer, but this was, it's less about me buying one mug and owning one mug, but more about the company, right? So let's talk about two questions I think you might get. Are they the same material as the real bats? So originally they were. Um, okay. I thought they were, they were when I watched some videos. Yeah. Yeah. So originally that's what happened Yeah. Um, when Randall first, you know, started dreaming this up is that people would bring the bat, they would chop it, turn the top after the mug. And we've done that. We did some of those for Stan Musial. We did some out of Stan's old bats that were signed. So we've done some cool projects like that, but it, that's not scalable. Yeah. It feels like it though. I mean, I think it feels like it and it does look, oh, it feels, so, it looks like it. Yeah. So what we did is we take the same billet that makes a bat and we just turn it into three barrels. Sure. Simple Makes as sense. that. Um, and they're 10 inches, you know, 10 inches long, about three inches across. So it's, I mean, it's the, the, the same parameters, maybe a quarter inch off of a, of a real bat. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's as solid as you can get. What's the best selling product, Chris? I mean, is it a certain team or is it a certain, I mean, what would tell me about this? Is it the Sandlot one? I mean, what's the best the selling dugout product? mug? I mean, the dugout mug product okay. is, so we have, uh, God, do we have six now? So we have the dugout mug, which is the, 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 the regular one. We have the short stop, which I don't know. Have you seen these? Yeah, I've seen them. They're really cool. It's like a whiskey or coffee. Yeah. Mug. Um, then we have the wind up, which is the, the kind of shape like the wine mug, um, like a chalice. Yeah. The shot glass, the knob shot, which we have a cool promo going on right now for that, by the way. Remind me and I'll, I'll let you okay. know. But it's a shot glass made from the bat handle. It's great. Um, and then we have the season opener, which is a bat handle bottle opener. Um, and we got another one that's rolling out uh, June. It's pretty cool. It's, uh, I, I guess I can probably start talking about it. So it's a stainless version of what Okay. So it's a lot more practical. It's 20 ounces, screw top lid, straw, access, uh, great for kids, great for coffee, you know, kind of thing. It's a little more practical. And uh, again, MLB, they, they gave us the, uh, the thumbs up on all licensed as well with that product. See, but the innovation is something I like, and I and I, I was looking through the site you know, a couple weeks ago, and, and obviously prior to call, I was looking up some of the items, and the bottle opener shirt, that, yeah. that's genius, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's better than the old school flip-flop that people used to have that had the opener on oh. the window. The bottle yeah, opener shirt. They hand me their shoe, and I was like, are you out of your mind? You literally <laughs> walk on the ground with that. Where did that come from? I mean, that's a great idea. And is, is there more, I mean, like you said, there's, there's new products on the horizon that you can share and tell us about that isn't 
Yeah, kind of some of them, off. some of them, such as that shirt, it's not something that we invented, right? Yeah. It, it is patented, but but uh, so we came up with the dugout mugs. So we have dugout mugs, logo shirts with our logo on the back, and uh, they're on the site. Yeah, and there's a bottle opener sewn into the flap of the shirt, yeah. and it's you know, leather leather stitched in there, so it's in there good. But yeah. you, we have those, and we have the uh, cutters, which is a half baseball magnet that sticks to your fridge. That's a bottle opener on the bottom of that. Um, we have another product coming out that I can't talk about. Uh, but, th but then also, I think with, with dugout mugs and what Randall and I have created, there's a level of quality and trust that is associated with us. So we oftentimes, we will find other products uh, that, like, for example, again, when you talk about the pandemic, well, you got to meet people where they are and everybody's in their house, bored to death, not allowed outside. And we, st we sold some board games. So we had baseball board games where you roll dice and move little guys around the thing and keep score. Well, I think we probably sold, oh my God, a thousand, 1500 of these things uh, because it was cool. It was quality. It was meeting people where they are, gives them something fun to do. We didn't make a ton of money on it, but that wasn't our goal. It's get our name and our brand and our, you know, our stuff with our, with our fans. So yeah, from time to time, we'll run into some quality products uh, and we'll either, buy the product, we'll buy the company, uh, and now it's our product kind of thing. So there's a few different options with that. Well, I hope I'll catch you off guard with this question, but I'm curious, um, and, and if you don't have a good answer, we'll just edit it in post-production. How's that sound? Um, yeah, is there I'm a pretty transparent, mugs, we're good. Does that trend, does dugout mugs translate to other sports down the road for you guys? Can you use other balls or equipment, or is there just not well, another piece of equipment that is able to be put into that same uh, shape and and uh and not vessel. really i mean it's it's it, it's basic and people are like oh i wish i would have thought of that but when it really comes down to it taking i mean there's companies out there like tokens and icons and other things like that well they'll take game use stuff or they'll take things and convert it into something else more practical but a, a, a an item in and of itself that still maintains the profile of the actual original use and have that practical i don't know we've looked at that but again, we don't even have time to, to deal with that. We're, we're trying to, you know, just hold on to the, hold on to this unicorn as it's flying type of thing. So uh, I, I think by the time we're all done with dugout mugs, I don't even know. You know I'm not even gonna have enough energy left to go make <laughs> something else. But so, uh, it doesn't seem to be, honestly, you know, all jokes aside. I'm thinking, as I asked the question, I believe me, I thought through the question as I'm, as I'm saying it aloud. I'm like, well, now I don't know. Like, there's no the other the other football, soccer. I mean, there's no other, there's no, no other product that can be the same. Cut a basketball in half and make a bowl out of it or something. Yeah. But again, from a practicality standpoint. Yeah. It doesn't translate. Yeah. Not, it, not really. I mean, we got a, you know, we're the, we're blessed, man. We, we got it. We got the dugout mug. Before, I, I do want to get into some thoughts and advice you have, perhaps on entrepreneurship and also e-commerce, maybe it's something I'd like to, to have you chat about at the very end of our call. But before we get into that, so for, for a decade plus, maybe it's been, been longer than that, you're running your own media group, um, you know, your other, your other business, right, quote unquote. But talk to, I mean, just so, so the people know your story, Chris, too, I don't want to make this purely a dugout mugs commercial. What, you know, tell me about that, you know, media group and, and, and your projects, your clients, to the extent you feel comfortable sharing those that are not, you know, confidential. So uh, I started back in, I think I was 21, I'm 39. So about 18 years ago, 19 years ago, I was opening Gold's Gyms. That's what I did. Um, 
And I mean, that's where I met my first mentor, Dave. Uh, you know, I still talk to him to this day, thank God. And, and uh, but I, I realized that once I, you know, I was pretty talented when it came to marketing and sales and just outside the box marketing and this kind of stuff. So I broke out and I started in the real estate space. And then uh, that really wasn't for me. But but I realized uh, this new this new um, website that came out called Facebook. So I started leveraging Facebook to buy and sell property sight unseen. So I was like, wow, I could be one place, but I can be in 10 places at the same time. And I was starting to get this idea of, oh, okay. So social media allows me to do real world business, which is what I grew up with. My mom owns her own company still, you know, a, a solopreneur. My dad was a salesman entrepreneur. So it was cool, right? I, I, I had this, this kind of, uh, it, it's in my genetics to do real business and belly to belly and sales and this kind of stuff. But I was right on the cusp of, of e-com and, and or not e-com, but, but social media and the internet. So I was like, oh, okay, so I'll do real business digitally. And it really, really panned out well. And um, gamification is a, a term. If you don't know what that is, I suggest you look it up because it's awesome. It's a way to interact with people. So I was really good at gamification and I did digitally what a lot of other people in my space couldn't do with companies that were 10 and 15 million dollars offline so what i did is i thought well maybe i'll just start dinner media group and i'll consult these people five thousand dollars a month or whatever it is to let me run their stuff for them but i already had it dialed in so it was only a couple hours a week five grand a month and had 10 15 clients at a time so really making pretty good money but again it would all it was really doing hindsight is, is helping me understand the functionality and the intricacies of different platforms, different de demographics, different reasons, different stuff like that. And uh, the side effect of me running all these different pages and, and doing all this, I ended up with a lot of Facebook fans. Uh, I had like six or 7 million at one point through these different pages that I own, the biggest pages in the world for like Duck Dynasty and Tim Tebow and Kaepernick and Andrew Luck and just all this stuff, Taylor Swift, just weird stuff. Um, and then I ran into a company called Teespring. Um, ethically now they're, yeah, but back in the day, it was a print on demand um, apparel. And that's where I really started taking off is I had all these fans. You just literally ask them, say, hey, what do you want? And they'll tell you. And I was like, okay, hold on. So I go make it on a shirt and turn around and sell it. I mean, I was the first guy to, to make a million bucks on Teespring. Um, I think when it was all said and done, we probably did 20 to $25 million in sales selling print-on-demand T-shirts. Um, so again, naturally, when you start doing something really well, everybody wants to know how to do it. So I went back into a consultant role. And I've always found a lot of uh, uh, comfort there because I feel, like I'm a, I feel like I'm a good leader and I'm a good communicator. And I see the path more clearly than somebody in the trees or, you know, in the woods, I can't see what's going on. So I'll look and say, here's where we're going. And because of my network's always been really strong. Um, I, I, I know the right pieces, click them into place and then send this company on its way. Now, sometimes I take equity. Um, sometimes I would take, oftentimes I would take uh, um, a retainer and I would say more times than not, I took both. It was a, uh, you know, three to 5k per month plus five to 10% equity in the company. And I had this really good thing going. Um, but, but the problem with good things is sometimes you're good enough to get it done, 
but you never really found your thing. Mm -hmm. And that's when I got sick, both figuratively and literally, is I got so busy. I, I had a boot company. I had a jewelry company. I was in this. I was in just everything, T-shirts. And oh, my God, I was in the cannabis space. I, had, I owned a restaurant. You know, it was all at the same time. And what you realize is you can't do anything with excellence, but you're just good enough. Multitasking, I love this. Just it, it's a uh, multitasking is just a way to screw up more than one thing at the same time, <laughs> right? Because you only have so much time. And and here I was at this this pivot point with Dennert Media, and I had contracts. I have a huge desk. I have a contracts 10, 15 at a time that I'm working on, and it was just deals and deals and passive income and you know all this. And then I had my daughter and then I had, you know, I got married and then I got a new house and then I lost back to back to back deals, hundreds of thousands of dollars I lost. And then this crumbled and that crumbled and I real and then I got sick, but it's like, but I'm losing. So I have to keep going. And it really, and I just crashed hard. And at that moment is when I, I thought back, it's like, what are the things I really do well? And that is the consultancy, just talking and understanding and startups and, helping ultimately just helping people do what they do better than they're doing it based on leveraging my network, my skill set, and, you know, just my, my marketing. So that's kind of the only stuff I'll touch anymore. And that's what happened with dugout mugs. Um, that's what I asked for. And that's what was placed in my path. And Randall's a good dude, uh, experiential business, which, well, I'll share these in a minute, but but some of the, the questions I ask myself now, like, do I get involved in a deal? Randall met this criteria, you know, almost I, exactly. So I said, not only will get in, but I need to be a partner on this. I'm not just going to be a consultant. I'll be the CEO. And we're going to take this thing to the top. If you're ready, you got to quit your job though. And he quit his job like a couple of days later. Um, so again, then, you know, fortunately it allowed me to be singularly focused from time to time, now that we have dugout mugs running and operating, um, I'll do, you know, consultant stuff on the side just because I want to see people do well, man. Um, but the questions I ask is, do I like the other person? Because that's super important. It sounds really, really obvious, but it isn't. You know, people make money the, the big focus, but um, my metrics are, do I like the other person? Because on shitty days, you still get to deal with somebody you like. Um, is it fun? Is it experiential? Like, can I go to stadiums all across the country? Can I give an award to Ken Griffey Jr.? Can I have an interview with Mariano? Can I narrate the, or commentate with Pete Rose? Is it experiential, right? Is it scalable, right? Like th these are the type, and can I, you know, have fun? Can I play with my friends in this project? <laughs> and can I wear t-shirts and board shorts? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I can. So it really met all of my metrics. And then, oh yeah, at the end, we can make a lot of money. Um, but again, I, I firmly believe that if you focus on the things that are important to you, the money is a side effect. And that's, I mean, we're a living testament to that, I think. You know, Chris, at, at the beginning and, and certainly throughout our conversation today, but at the beginning, we talked about the idea of entrepreneurship, right? You talked about your, your parents, uh, and yourself. I mean, that's, um, as part of this interview series, we talk a lot about career advice. Some, some of our guests talk about working with boards, some talk about leadership, talk, some talk about revenue generation, whatever it is. We, you know, somebody always finds something that's important for them to talk about that is kind of a lesson, right? For the people that are listening, um, that, that as, a, as a listener watch, 
Talk about a lesson or lessons to be learned on the entrepreneurship side, right? I mean, starting and growing businesses is something that's ingrained in you, right? As a consultant or a full-time employee or a partner, if you will, talk about entrepreneurship. I mean, kind of the, you and you and your partners have always grinded it out. And you've always, I mean, you talk about certain things at the beginning of our conversation to put a bow on this, some entrepreneurship lessons. Um, the things that I've found to be most important is life is short, so don't do shit you hate. It sounds basic, but I, I was I saw firsthand how quick things can get taken away, and none of us are any different. So spend time doing things you enjoy and then find a way to make make a living out of it. Um, I, for me, that's been super important. Uh, because before I was all focused on how much can I make? What can I do? You know, but I had all my, my metric, you know, your metrics, my metrics were backwards. So my metrics now are, I'm leaving on a short little three-day vacation when we're done with this call and it's a Tuesday, right? Mine are, can I spend, can I spend time with my kids and my family? Can I have fun? Right. Can I, play with my friends and, and enjoy my life? Can I have just unlimited experiences? So again, these are my metrics, time, family, enjoyment, um, surrounding myself with positive, good people. Uh, so that's one. I, I think know your strengths and know your weaknesses. It's, it's more important to know what you're not good at than what you are good at. So I, I, I'm a firm believer in outsource, delegate, automate, and then replicate. And if, if you, let, let's say, you, you know, I'm good at this, but I'm bad at this. Well, I'm bad at this. So I'm going to work on that until I get better. What a crock of shit. Like all you're going to do is end up with an adequate strength at best versus take this one thing that you're a wizard at and just sharpen it, right? That's why I don't personally agree with the, the school systems this archaic way of teaching kids how to solve antiquated problems don't freaking exist anymore, right? Find out what they're excellent at and then make them a master of that craft. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I think understanding your strengths and weaknesses are crucial. Uh, and you got to have some passion, right? Uh, passion and compassion. You, you realize that, um, when, when you, when you have, um, you make that transition from profit to, to, to passion and, and you start working, like we do the cheers to charity program. Um, we have, uh, I've worked with a couple other charities in the past and it's not always a money thing, right? It's just being involved. I, I've leveraged my network to connect dots that made significant impacts on, on different charities and organizations and things like that. Um, I, I think having, having a passion and don't and back to metrics, you know, don't just have money as the, the, the key goal here. Um, I think that's really helped me through some tough days in business is to know that what I'm doing is still dramatically impacting people in a good way. I think that's super important. Um, and then build to where you're going. I mean, I think there's, uh, you know, there's obviously steps and you can't just jump five steps ahead because you'll get tangled up, but, but build to where you're going, not where you are, yeah. right? So have a plan 
in you know a one three five as you know uh, uh, basic as that sounds, but and then build it accordingly before you get there because what happens is then you gain momentum and you got to stop, reconfigure some things, and then you know go again, which just kills time. So it's tremendous. That one's not as important as the first. Uh, but I love the passion comment too. You know, we talk a lot about that at Prodigy, right? We could be recruiting in any other space, IT, finance, you name it, but we're not passionate about. We're passionate about sports. We're passionate about entertainment. We're and we love people, right? So being able to help people out with their, their careers and jobs in sports and entertainment is yeah. what we're passionate about. Um, you've been incredibly kind and, and generous with your time today in, in, in being a guest on our interview series. Uh, the least I could do, and I hope you're okay with me doing this, is, is asking you to share both where and how people can find um, more information about dugout mugs, how to order some of your products, or just learn more about, about what you guys yeah. do. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Anybody feel free to connect with me there. Um, I just got in clubhouse not too long ago. Um, I'll, I'll get in there eventually, but, uh, but I, I got a decent little following starting over there. Uh, but dugout mugs, it's everywhere. You can think it would be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I think we're on Snapchat and TikTok. I don't know. I don't, that's not my lane, right? Know your lane and stay in it. There's a good tip. No, <laughs> your know your very, but your website's easily, easy, yeah. accessible. The, the, dugout mugs. Yeah, that where you can find the products is super easy to go through. I mean, it, you know, the, it, it's easy to customize things with photo. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's a very user-friendly site as well. So yeah. encourage everybody to go on there. Um, Chris, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Great learning your story and also the story of Dugout Mugs. So continued success. Thank you. Happy to See you, everybody.